0: The rest. Now here's the best. Stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here by myself for this uh this wonderful episode. Hopefully, shoulders and Allentown could be back next week. We may try to a sneak one an extra one in this week uh with them uh both had work or uh, something like that but i'm here you know so we could enjoy ourselves here you know talk a little a little nhl and uh some rodeo talk but before we get into the show head over to twitter follow us there at st sports podcast as well as our facebook uh page if you could like and share that as well as our youtube channel um and then once you guys start following us on Twitter and Facebook, if you notice, we actually have a new T-shirt out for sale on Teespring, making fun of the excuse that Deontay Wilder is coming out saying why Tyson Fury beat him this past weekend, which I will get into when I have our combat episode uh, in a couple of days. Speaking of that part too, We're actually going to be switching up when our episodes come out. Um, We normally do uh, Friday and Saturdays in the morning. We're going to switch it up to Thursdays and I believe Tuesday mornings around 9, 10 o'clock Eastern is when they should be getting distributed through iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you guys listen to us. Um, You could even uh, head over to Podchaser.com to look up our episodes there and while you're there leave us a review and a, a rating let us know how we're how we're doing there you know so um, a lot of interesting stuff happened this past week uh, to kick it off I actually want to talk about this whole emergency goalie thing that happened last uh, weekend on Saturday for the Caroline Hurricanes um so, how the story went was both of the Hurricane goalies were injured and they had a call upon an emergency goalie. Uh, the gentleman's name is David Ayers. Now, the reason why this is kind of funny is the Hurricanes were playing the Maple Leafs. David Ayers actually has practiced with the, the Maple Leafs, has been to a couple of their practice sessions. And he is a Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies. So, if you actually Google him when he was with uh, when he played with the as the Hurricanes goalie, he actually has the Toronto Marlies helmet on, wearing a Carolina Hurricanes jersey. Um, he had, he had to come in the third period. The first he let two uh, goals in. Uh, right off the bat, actually, I'm sorry. He came in. I think it was like late second period because I remember reading that he told the the guys between the second and third intermission, um, "Don't worry, you know he'll calm down now." And sure enough, he did. He stopped eight of the ten shots to get the win in a six-three win. Um, the other thing that's kind of incredible about this too is. He is a kidney transplant survivor. So, I mean, this is all screaming, you know, Disney movie all over, like Cinderella Man or, um, you know, Mighty Ducks, you know, Miracle. Speaking of which, happened this past week was the, what was it, 40 years or, uh, well, let's see, 1980. So, yeah. So, 40 years since the Miracle of USA beating the Soviets, which really good movie with um oh Jesus not is it Kurt Russell? Yeah, Kurt Russell. Uh, really good movie though. But on the flip side of this, about bringing up the emergency goalie, um, the GMs are supposed to be getting together. This, this week, I guess, like a a, a team owner's meeting get-together to discuss the the rules of the emergency goalie. So right now, what it is, if you're an emergency goalie, you have to be available to either team. And only well, gets paid 500 bucks, but hey, you know, I mean, what's the chances of it happen? The last time it happened was... Uh, what, three years ago with Brian Foster uh, during the, the Blackhawks game. Now, I think why they want to talk about it is the fact that, yes, it doesn't happen a lot, but in this case where he actually has played or practiced with the Toronto organization, whether it was with the Marlies or the Maple Leafs themselves, Now, they they did get some quotes from uh, Toronto's GM saying, basically, it was a lose-lose situation for the Maple Leafs. Because on one hand, if they lose, which they did, they'd be a laughingstock because they lost to their goalie, a player that they practice every day with, Or at least a little bit to know what his tendencies or how good he is. But also on the flip side, if Toronto came back and won, well, I mean, come on, you know, he's part of that organization. Of course he's going to let, you know, those goals in and blah, blah, blah. That part of it, I don't believe would happen. I, I hope it wouldn't happen just for the fact that for the sake of the game, you know, uh and if they did want to change it, how how would they change it to make it fair for either team? One aspect that actually I was just just thinking right now, kind of think about how the NFL has an emergency quarterback With the Philadelphia Eagles for a while, there it was Brian Mitchell when he was with the team. So, do you have like a a defenseman or a center be your emergency goalie? I I mean, I don't know how how well that would go, you know. But at least this way, okay. Yes, he's probably going to be not as good as a. You know, forty-two-year-old Zamboni driver goalie, but at least you'll eliminate the fact or, or the the conspiracy theory of oh well, you know he played for the other team, so he he let those goals go in. I I really, other than that type of idea, I really don't see how they could change this to make it fair for both teams, other than pray and hope that when this does happen, they don't have a guy going there that just throws a game so his team wins if he's in there going up against them. But it you know, this this David Ayers is a cool story. I'm actually really happy for him because even he's a he's a Canadian um resident And Carolina actually brought him in this past week to kind of honor him as a Carolina resident. Did like a little get-together, you know, uh, honorary moment type, type deal. So sticking with some hockey, obviously the trading deadline was this past week. Now... I was hoping that we would have Shoulders and Allentown on here because, obviously, I'm a Flyers fan, Shoulders, Penguins fan, and Allentown, Islanders fan. Looking just at our three teams, I mean, there was a lot of trades that happened. I think I saw 37 or 38 within the first uh, or the last few hours. But just looking at ours... um Going with the Flyers, I'm actually okay with what they did. I don't think they gave up too much. I know some fans are upset that uh, Farabee got loaned down to Lehigh. Um, Frost is down there. Here's the thing. They're they're 19, 20 years old. They're young kids. Yes, they are playing very well. I'll, I'll give them that. But, we're we're on the cusp of making the playoffs. I mean, I know we're in the wild card hunt right now, or I mean, in in the first or second seed for a wild card. If we have a chance to make the playoffs, why not try to you know make a couple moves to get farther into the playoffs and not sacrifice anything for the future? I think being sent down is not going to hurt them as far as their confidence, and on top of that. Obviously, they're going to be number one guys down there. It's going to be good to get some good ice time on their hands that they're going to have to be the guys to score. And that that's just going to help down the road, especially maybe even in the playoffs if they get called up. So the couple guys that the Flyers traded for, they got Nathan um Nathan Noel for TJ Brennan, which you know TJ Brennan's a a good player, but again, to make the playoffs, never really made it up to the Flyers. It was always a Lehigh Valley Phantom guy. I'm okay with that trade. And then we also got Derek Grant from the Ducks for Kyle Criscolo and a fourth round pick uh this year's draft. The only red flag I think I may have is the fact that these two could play a center on the third or fourth line. Are the Flyers not expecting Nolan Patrick to come back? I, I mean, I know he just started practicing last week. You know, he hasn't played all year because of the the migraines that he, he had going on. But if he is coming back, you know, I wonder where they're going to put these guys. Now, as far as the Penguins, they got Connor Sherry back, who pretty much started his whole career with Pittsburgh, and also got Evan Rodriguez for Dominic Cahoon. Now, I have Baby Pens tickets, uh, you know, at wilkes barre so I got to see a lot of Cahoon play. Not a bad player, and... Honestly, I think that's a good, um, good trade for Pittsburgh. You know, Connor Sherry coming back to a a organization that he he knows very well, so he should fit you know right in comfortably. And Evan Rodriguez, you know, to pick up another player on top of Sheary was pretty good. Now the Islanders got. Jean Gabriel Pajou or uh, Pajot for a 2020 conditional first round pick, a 2020 second round pick, and a 2022 conditional third round pick. I think, honestly, I think the Islanders may have overpaid. I even in any sport, I don't like trading a first and a second round pick in the same year. That is huge. That's that's a lot of capital that you're giving away. And on top of that, you're giving another pick. Granted, it may be two years away, but that, that's a lot of picks. He He's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if he was worth that much to give away. So as far as the Penguins, you know, I like their trade. Flyers, I like their trade. Islanders, not so much. So hopefully if, if we got Shoulders back and Allen Town back next week, we could uh, bring this back up and, and see how they feel about their teams going forward after these trades. So we're going to take a quick break here. And we will be right back with some NFL news, you know, the CBA, and some rodeo news? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your good friend Jimbo from Stay Tuned Sports. Are you looking to get into writing or putting out podcasts? to give you your hot takes or your opinion about certain subjects of the major sports or even e-gaming. Well head over to bellyupsports.com and send the guys a message to get some information about how you could join our family. I've been part of the bellyupsports family since February and I'll tell you what, it's a, a bunch of great guys and gals help each other all out and don't judge each other about what we put out there. So if you're interested, head over to bellyupsports.com, send a message to the guys, We're looking for writers, editors, even podcasters. So, again, that is bellyupsports.com. Head over there, message them, and even read some of our articles. And welcome back, guys, to Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. So, before we left, I said that there's some rodeo news to talk about. Well... In case you guys haven't seen, um, this came out about two, three days ago. Madsen Bumgarner is actually a, I want to say a professional rodeo horse rider. But on in the off uh, season, especially in December, he actually has a, a team roping uh, he entered a, a team roping competition and won twenty six thousand dollars. Now this brings up some some red flags, uh, especially he just signed with the Arizona Diamondback uh, in this you know this off season, signed a five year deal, eighty five million dollars, and before the signing. the GM and the the D-backs coach did not know about this. Now, the GM did come out and say that he knew he was a very strong horseman, but said that even if he knew about him being in rodeo contest, would never affect his uh, decision to sign him, which I believe because a very good pitcher like that there's going to be some incidences where you're going to look past. And, you know, I'm glad to see that Madison is doing this and I'm sure there's other players out there to have contract stipulations um, saying that you can't do this, can't do that in the off season because we got to remember these, these guys are still humans. You know, they're, they're going out there nine months out of the year and putting on shows on for us fans. They still got to live their life a little bit. Now, unfortunately, we do see sometimes that some of these athletes live it the wrong way, a.k.a. Greg Robinson of the Cleveland Browns or Kareem Hunt or Antonio Brown. But as long as you're you know, being careful, you know, I'm okay with it. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it. But the fact that, you know, the GM and and the coach said this is a non-issue, I got a little bit of, you know respect for them for for saying that. Now on the flip side though, with Bumgarner, you know he did injure his his shoulder in 2017 in a dirt bike accident and missed three months of the season. If I'm a GM, I'm going to say, you know, okay, fine. You want to do all this um, extreme sports type stuff and, you know, high risk that you could get injured. I'm fine with it. But if you miss any time due to this, you're going to pay us some back. Now, I'd be curious to see if if the contract that he signed has anything like that. But I just found a funny the reason why I bring the story up is he he went with an alias. He didn't use his actual name Addison Bumgarner. He went by Mason Saunders. And the fact that like no one picked him out who he was is is funny as well to me. But yeah, like I said, I just thought this this was a funny story. Here's a major league baseball player using a alias name to do off field stuff to kind of you know be be something more than than an athlete, just be a normal person for for once. So before I came on to record, you know, a little update on the NFL-CBA agreement, I'm assuming the vote or, you know, the, the players got together today to talk about it didn't go so well because I seen Maurice Pouncey's uh, Instagram video basically saying, screw that deal, you know, the, the, the owners aren't worried about the... The players um, that aren't the big stars, you know, one of the one of the thing they're they're trying to get is the the minimum salary to get bumped up. Now, from my understanding, the owners put a twenty percent raise in there, which would take it from uh, five hundred ten grand to I believe six hundred thousand. And some of the players actually want it to get bumped all the way up to a million. Now, if you think about it, and you could probably look this up, little more than half of the players in the league play on, or pretty close to, the minimum salary. You know, if you look at every team, you only have maybe two or three big stars that are making the you know 20 30 million dollars a year. You know, uh just the the Eagles alone, you got you know Carson Wentz making 30. Um Lane Johnson's up there probably probably making 20 25. Um Fletcher Cox, he's making close to 20, you know. So you only got two or three, but then you got like the guys like Boston Scott. Uh Corey Clement, you know, a Nate Gary. You got a lot more players playing closer to that 500,000 veterans minimum. So when I first saw that, I'm like, get out of here. A million dollars for Joe Schmo who shouldn't probably even be in the league. You could probably go to the XFL and find better players. But if the, if the league's made up pretty close to half of those players, And for a deal to go through, you need at least half of the players, which there's about 2,100 players in the league, in the union. You need half plus one more vote to make a deal go through. If half the league is made up of those players and they're not getting that big enough bump, that's definitely going to be a no. And on top of that, majority of the players, and this has been from the get-go, are against the 17th game. Now, me and Shoulders talked last week about that 17th game. You know, um, would we be for it or against it? And they're supposedly going to take one of the preseason games away to add that 17th game if this deal were to go into effect it would not start this year it would start between next season or the following two seasons that is the window that the owners have to announce when they want that um that 17th game the playoff scenario where they want to add one extra team to the playoffs would happen this year. Now one reason why the the owners may want to get this done this deal done quickly is because the TV deals are up after this year. So they want to get these deals done and they want to have some sense that they have the players behind them. You know, to negotiate this deal to figure out to you know, obviously get the best deal they could. Some other aspects of this proposed deal is uh, the players' revenue would get bumped up from uh, 47%, I believe it is right now, to 48 with it going up to 48.5% over the next couple of years. the thing is I I, I don't think it's gonna get done I really don't and I think the owners are gonna give it another week or two and if they don't get a yes on it I believe they're gonna pull this deal and the reason why I say I don't think it's gonna get done is the unions executive council actually voted six to five not to re- recommend the deal to the union membership and when the players had a call with the, the council, they spent more time trying to figure out why they voted no than actually going into detail about the um, the pros and cons of it. So it just seems like, it sounds like all the players, even the player team reps, aren't on the same page. It seems like there's too many moving parts going on for a, a vote to, to get this approved. And now a lot of the a lot of the players believe the owners are bluffing when they say, you know, well, you know, you got another week or two and then if if you guys don't say yes to it then we're pulling it. But Honestly, I think the ball is in the owner's side right now. I think they hold all the cards because let's just think about this for a second here. If the players say no and come next year, next March, and there's still no deal in place. And the owners lock the players out. Well, I guess they can't lock the players out. Because I was going to say, why not pick some of these XFL players up? You know, obviously we're seeing P.J. Walker and, and his receiver Phillips playing very well. There's some good defensive players out there. You know, obviously the, the product won't be as good as if we have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all of them in there. But they'll still be able to put out some form of Good football. Now if they lock the players out, I think that's a, a lawsuit they would have. But I, I think the owners have all the leverage here. And on top of top of that, you know, they are worried that they are giving up too much because even though the owners voted to send this deal over to the players to, to vote on, it didn't get voted unanimous. And there were some owners that said even though they said yes, they still feel like they gave up a lot. And I don't think they did, though. I think, honestly, this is a, a fair deal for both sides. You know, um, let's just say if the veteran minimum gets pushed up to a million dollars, okay? You have 2,100 players in there. Half of them Play around that that uh, veteran minimum. So that's a thousand. So you're looking at about ten million dollars just to them. Another part of it that the players want upped, but right now with the current deal, the NFL covers players that are out of the league up to five years. Most of those players are out of the league. Because they're not that good. And these players want 10 to 15 years. I would put some type of, like, you need to have 10 years of NFL service to get that 10 to 15 years. If you want to keep it five for, you know, Joe Schmo who couldn't make it on the Cleveland Browns, fine. But if you're good enough to even, you know, bounce from team to team to team, then I think you do deserve that 10 to 15 years because football isn't like it used to be where you have guys, a lot of guys, playing 10, 12 years. I mean, just the past couple of years, look at how many under 30-year-old players have retired. So if you have players, say you, you, know, you put it on there, um, have to have eight years of, of NFL service, Most of these kids that are getting drafted or or coming out of college, they're 20, 21 years old. They play for eight years. It's 29. You give them 10 years of health care. That takes them to 39 years old. You know, they have the money saved up as long as they, they do it the right way that they could, you know, get their own health insurance and stuff like that. But for people that have only been in there for five years, or I'm sorry, out of the league for five years, I don't think they deserve coverage, you know, for 10 to 15 years longer. The 17 game, I think there should be some type of um, like, 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 Astris saying, okay, if we make a billion dollars for the 17th game, your revenue gets bumped up to 49%. Right now, it's all projections, and I think it, if by adding that 17th game, if it goes beyond that projection, the players should get a little bit more of a bump because they're the ones putting their health on on the line here not the owners all the owners are doing is, is lining their pockets a little bit more but like I said I mean I, I think this is a, a fair deal for both sides I'm just hoping that you know they come to an agreement soon sooner than later so but I think that is going to be it this week Uh, like I said, this is going to air, uh, Thursday, I believe like around nine, 10 o'clock Eastern time. And then we have a UFC fight Saturday. So I may just, you know, throw my, put my picks out there on Twitter, which you can find us at ST sports podcast. And then you'll hear, I'll have my combat episode on that Tuesday, that following Tuesday. So like I said, head over to Facebook, like, and share our pages there as well as our YouTube channel, and check out our our Teespring page. If you go on our our Twitter there, I believe I still have our Teespring store uh, pinned to our Twitter page. Head over there, and you can pick up the, the new Deontay Wilder shirt. So till then, till Tuesday, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.